0: You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Eric. Listen in as I discuss a variety of topics. Such as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, the current state of the MCU, and Star Wars.
1: Yeah, so you know, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three on opening day, a bit curious because, as you know, Phase Four was just really overall very not good for me and by far the worst phase of the marvel phases, the worst era of the mcu in my opinion and i know many other feel many others feel the same way and i think it, it seems like most others are on the same page as me when it comes to phase four which is the only really good one is the spider-man one uh and and taste may vary on the on those that remain from from the time period but even if some are likable, they're not really good. Um, especially not when you think back to, to prior MCU stuff. So I was really curious about this one. And of course the whole James Gunn situation in general is, just seems so bizarre. I mean you know I mean I'm sure you know, but you know, him getting cancelled and let go by Disney and then getting involved with DC, but still coming back just to do this final project for MCU. That's such a weird and curious situation in of itself Um, and so I was really curious and you know without getting into any spoilers on volume 3 it was really good like I I was really surprised I, I was really really surprised how much I liked it and and as I was watching it my mind really didn't even get made up until maybe three quarters in is, I mean, how my overall feeling like it started to solidify. So I, I was still unsure. Like, let's say during the first half of the movie, like where, where are we going or how, with my feeling on this. Um, and it turned out really good. And I thought it was a really good bookend for what's essentially a trilogy. I know they've technically starred in seven MCU movies. If you count the Christmas right. special as a movie, um, it does, it's crazy it doesn't seem like it's even seven counting that and it, it's crazy that it, it spanned like uh, nine years like from volume one to volume three but if you just take the the main guardians movies as a trilogy i, I think it's a really fantastic trilogy like it kind of reminded me of the original star wars trilogy like they're not all equally good but they just they're really strong, and I don't think there's that many trilogies out there where where the franchise feels relatively strong all the way through, and and where the last one is kind of satisfying and and like ties into the, the two films that came before it in in a nice way. Um, and I'm really curious, like, what you might say after you see it, Caleb. Because, I mean, do you generally like Volume One of Guardians of the Galaxy? even if it's not your favorite.
0: That's what brought me back to the MCU. I'd, I'd quit with uh, Captain America, the, the first Avenger. I was like, oh man, these these don't feel like they're true to the comics. I was out. And then it was just some, some friend dragged me there, and I was so impressed. that I was like, okay, I guess I'll catch back up and and see what else they, they've got for me, if they've got something this good. So, you know, I still like that one quite a bit.
1: So, as much as we both like it, uh, something else we've discussed before is that as good as that movie is... A downside of it is that it seems like, I mean, it started in Avengers, really, the first Avengers movie, but it was perpetuated by Guardians of the Galaxy, the emergence of, like, the sarcastic, jokey dialogue yeah. that would, would really start to take effect, like, following Guardians of the Galaxy in the MCU, and, and it obviously, and we've discussed before, it can get really overplayed and really tired and can really become a distraction, like in other MCU movies. So that was another aspect I was cognizant of going into Volume Three. Was it going to be more of that? And while it still has that humor, I think it's 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 quite toned down in the third. And so that, I'm really curious what you may think about that. Um, like, because you may have heard like the third is it it feels the most serious. Um, of the three it also like like there's elements of it that if you took children to it it could be too much Hmm. there's some elements that are either quite a bit graphic or they're just heavy or a combination of the two and so that's that's another interesting thing about volume three but it, it was great and then and then coming off of that movie it, it kind of like reinvigorated me a little bit for mcu because like i said i've been, I've been feeling pretty dull uh, about the whole thing uh, because of phase four primarily and so volume three kind of reinvigorated me a little bit so i finally got the 4k of the original gardens of the galaxy and i watched that recently i got the 4k of ant-man and watched that recently i just rewatched chang shi because Famously, I fell asleep in the theater and, and missed a, oh wow <laughs> nearly a third of the movie, maybe a fourth, um, like in Act 3. And so, I finally fixed that, and I've seen the whole movie. Um, and I feel like there's one more I'm leaving out that I've seen recently. But it was interesting to go back to those, because I was wondering if I would still think Volume 1 was as good as I've always thought. um. And I'm here to say, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, weirdly, so I have all, all, all my personal rankings of the MCU films, uh, like on Letterboxd. And weirdly, I give Volume 1 of Guardians of the Galaxy a higher star score than I do Volume 3. Yet, I find Volume 3 the much more powerful hitting movie. It's hmm. just a weird thing. Um on how i rated it lower even though it hits me harder um so that's a weird anomaly ant-man i was curious about because you know i also saw quantum mania theater and fell asleep again on that movie um and that movie is quite derided uh and i'm curious to watch it in full to see you know fully if if that's my opinion as well because it it definitely didn't seem that great for the parts Mm. i was awake for uh and then going back to the first Ant-Man, which is so different in so many ways from Quantumania, I still really like it. I've always had a thing for the Ant-Man character in the MCU, and particularly his debut film, and I still really like it. And, and like I said, have you seen Quantumania? No, still haven't seen it. So Or the Christmas special. Aside from the characters carrying over, like, Quantumania couldn't be any more different than the first two um, Ant-Man movies mainly because of premise and and a whole bunch of other situations Um, and and style and structure. It's, it's like its own thing. It just carries over our principal um, actors and I miss the first anime or the vibe of it. You know, it's, it's a heist movie. It's very much in the real world as quantum mania is not in the real world. And like you actually are interested in the individual characters and what's going on, and, and it's like all that stuff just goes out the window for Quantum Mania. So, and, and we're still really strong, and also one of only, I believe, two MCU movies that were principally shot in 1.85. Which it's always special to me when something on 4K is in 1.85 because, um, there's not that many movies uh, proportionally in that ratio on the 4K format, especially out of newer movies. Almost everything's 2.35. Um, so it's really cool to see something almost full frame on 4K, even if it is up-res and post. Um, so ant was really strong. And then shang Zi I just watched today. And, you know, it's not... It's not like a god-awful movie or anything like that through and through. But it still suffers from a common complaint I know we both have, which is like the cheap c g i in many places, especially like um background c g i when you know that they couldn't be bothered to go to a real location or even a set that's believable um I hate the newer m c u movies that have those types of elements um and chi has a fair amount and yeah and shanxi she as a mo- it it looks like it looks like a series for, um, I mean, production-wise, it looks like a series for Disney+, Plus, rather than mm-hmm. a full-blown movie, just in look and effects and all that kind of business. So, yeah, that's kind of... I don't know. Yeah, I think it deserves, like, the mediocrity label that it kind of gets for, for Phase 4. I know there's there's a contingent of people that just love that movie. Um uh, I guess it's like the Asian thing, her representation or something. Which I mean, that's all fine, but I don't know. I don't know how great. And I also didn't realize um, uh, the actress from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, obviously not Michelle Yeoh, but Michelle Yeoh's daughter in the movie. I didn't. I didn't. Re- I didn't even realize that was her who had like a bit role in Shang Z until I rewatched it today.
0: Oh, yeah, one of the, like, the friend couple?
1: Yes, yes. Out with. Yes, because obviously when I saw shang I had no idea who she was, because uh, that was prior to everything everywhere. Yeah, and I even forgot Michelle Yeoh was in the movie, because uh, when I was watching it today, I kept thinking, how is she not in this movie? Um, <laughs> and then, of course, she shows up in the final act. Like, oh, yeah, of course, there she is. Um, but, yeah, I, I just kind of wanted just to chime on the MCU, because it's just kind of been a malaise for a while and and you know guardians kind of got me like i mean yeah why can't they do this and obviously a lot of it is the magic of james gun whatever that means uh yes. yeah i get it but but why is he the only talented guy you guys can get um...
0: <laughs> well i think i think part of the charm with him is they kind of brought him in as like okay this is someone who's done some really interesting work, and we're going to let him take this on and do his own thing and be a little more hands-off. I feel like most of the MCU movies are just, like, processed cheese. Like, they just go through a machine. By the time it gets out, they're just very tasteless. And I guess when they brought James Gunn back, too, he was probably like, okay, just, you know, let me... I know I'm working for you guys, but let me do my thing again. And, yeah. Apparently it's worked. Again, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm not surprised to hear that it's more standout than these past couple of them.
1: Yeah. And and certainly I think volume three is better than volume two as well. Um, uh, Without a doubt. Uh, Mm. But the other thing about James Gunn, because obviously when you start watching his movies, there's, there's themes that he revisits and then that's all fine. And then he has a way with dialogue. Yeah, that's fine too. The other thing I noticed about him that makes him stand out compared to the other recent MCU movies is, you know, on YouTube I've watched a lot of reaction videos, and sometimes by reactors who get into, like, mechanics of story writing, you know, movie writing basics, like, what makes this movie better than that movie, in terms of of how you set up the characters, um, how you set up their obstacles, how you set up the faults of the characters, how you set up a good arc, you know, those types of things. And when you look at Volume 3... You see, you you can see so clearly, and it's a you know it's a large group of characters who make up the Guardians group in Volume Three, um, because they've picked up all these other people along the way in the series, and they're all kind of like all part of the team in in Volume Three, and and you see how the writer has set it up so that every character basically like they're they all play a role. And even in just the one movie, each character, even if they're a sub character or a side character, each has their own little arc that they're going on over the course of the film and if they've been in the series longer over the series. And and you can see that in in, in it it's it's what makes things enjoyable and like you care about individual characters on their individual arcs and you see how it all comes together because they are a team obviously. And, and so, is that too much to ask? Like, why is James Gunn the only guy, like, in the last five years at Marvel who is, like... Like, it's it's already there on the paper before the film even shoots, before we even get bad CGI. It's there. Like, like a plot and story that is really interesting, engaging, and satisfying at the end. Why is that too much to ask of, like, the other people making other MCU movies? Like, that's what's missing. And I think what's also been missing is... It's like what the Russo brothers contributed to the MCU and obviously them kind of like stepping down after the infinity, uh, Endgame. like there needs to be, they need to find somebody to replace those talents. Um, and without it, like MCU will continue to be doomed until they find someone else of like that caliber.
0: Yeah. And I kind of wonder if they've gotten themselves a bit of a bad reputation these days of maybe the kind of, more artistic directors, directors who have a little bit more passion, who aren't just going to be yes men. Maybe a lot of them are staying away from the MCU. And so they just keep getting these people who are just show up and just kind of paint-by-numbers for them.
1: And sometimes those paint-by-number people, sometimes they can come out with good stuff. But it has to have a really strong script or story ahead of time. And that has definitely been lacking. Um, hmm. Whether it's a yes person or not, who has to make it. Um. So, oh man, like, if James Gunn had made the Eternals, I just think that would have been out of this flipping world. Um, because I could just imagine what he would have done with those characters. Huh. Um, but because because that movie is, is well, I have to I need to watch that one again too. But just from my recollection, it's just so flat. It seems like there's potential in the concept. Um, but all it is is a bunch of characters running around making like snide comments every now and then that kind no, of like, no. get a giggle out of the audience. Oh,
0: well, there was a lot more there with, with kind of the question of like, well, it's, it's been a while since I've seen it too, but I remember there was more nuance with the characters and there was no like straightforward villain. Everyone kind of had their, their side, which I appreciated. It wasn't the typical like white hat, black hat stuff. And I remember there was some cool science fiction. Uh, elements in there too that i like them exploring
1: I, said, I think there's i think it's a good concept there it just it i don't even have the words on how to how to repair or how to make it right like the elements were all there it just it just did not come together to make it overall engaging because i feel like you need to do like your own personal head math to make it interesting um uh, but uh... but because i think there's there's elements there but they're not they're not fully realized.
0: Well, I, I came away thinking it was one of the best MC movies I'd seen since Endgame. So at least him, when I watched it back in 2021, I thought the pieces were there. That's- I would
1: say one of the best in terms of feeling different. I mean, or something like that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, I mean, that, that's a good thing to try to like chart new ground or like go in different directions. Just, it's just not enough to pull me in or to make me really care about any of the characters in particular there was bits i could have cared about like with certain characters but it just didn't overall come together for me Hmm. and i'm actually weirdly curious about the marvels movie because as much as i loathe the captain marvel um, and the actress who portrays captain marvel as much as i loathe her and and i feel almost nothing for the rambone character as portrayed thus far in mcu as we've also discussed going against my type i actually thought that was it called miss marvel the series yep you know i actually kind of liked it even though i don't think it was produced for me and i was not the target audience and it had a vibe that wasn't necessarily my vibe And I did not like the show out the gate. (laughs) But I stuck with it and watched it all. And I actually thought it was okay and nice. And I thought the protagonist was nice enough. And I'm a little bit curious to see where she goes. And I do have a a soft spot for coming-of-age characters just in general. So that gives me bonus points for liking her. Um, So I am actually curious. And she is charming, the protagonist from the series, Ms. Marvel. So I'm curious if any of that can make its way into the Marvels movie, to make me actually like it when I quite detested the Captain Marvel movie. I, I don't know. I'm just curious, or maybe it'll all just be a shit show. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I got no clue either. Yeah, I'm mildly <laughs> curious about it for the Miss Marvel connection, but yeah, otherwise I don't really. I'm not really invested in any of these at this point. But now ah, what can you do?
1: Yeah, I just. I just don't want. I mean, I'm not that high I'm not as highly invested in the MCU as I am like in, in the Star Trek or Star Wars franchises, not at all. But I also think it would be a shame for the ship to continue to go down. Yeah, that, I don't think that. that yeah, that would, that'd be a damn shame. So I, I definitely would like things to get righted at some point, and I, I would like to down the road, like really look forward to another big Marvel movie again. Is, yeah, who knows.
0: Yeah, I guess they claim that they're building to one, but I, I can't see it.
1: Yeah, it's... Yeah, we're on an uncertain ground. Especially when Quantum Mania was supposed to be, like, kicking off, like, really getting into the overarching threads of the phase, or, or what we're... And, and for that to stumble so bad, that's... It's, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. I just wanted to say something briefly on the on the special i forgot to get back to that but speaking of the guardians of the galaxy christmas special i brought it up to you at least to you brought up before wow that's real i'm not i don't know call me a scrooge or whatever you know i'm not necessarily one to be looking into christmas specials of any sort coming from anyone uh as the yuletide season comes around and, and I really wasn't even going to watch the Guardians of the Galaxy special either. But, you know, it's James Gunn. You, you know, they got the principles and, you know, Guardians I've definitely liked. And, man, that, that, it is such a good special. Hmm. Like, I'm amazed by it. I mean, I, think, I can't remember if it's about 45 minutes or an hour long, but... For just being a Christmas special, it feels like there's so much put, so much more put into that than than I, I I thought it would just been like a throwaway type of thing. But but it's actually really good, and it is like a a nice a nice little setup. It's almost like a little a little sneak prequel to Volume Three. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like how it's it, yes, it's a Christmas special. But it ties into the overall. Like it's not a throwaway story in the in the in the overall Guardians of the Galaxy saga. Like it is relevant, um, mm. and so it really fits. And and it's certainly a smaller scale production. You know, it is produced for television, quote unquote, versus the big screen. But I think they really do a lot with a little. And let me just say the. The Christmas special, when it got to its climax and ending, I was quite moved. It reminds me of watching whatever your favorite Doctor Who Christmas special is. If there's any that that really move you. Um, It was like watching that. Like, it it really made me feel emotional. Definitely teared me up. (laughs) And and oh, by the way, Volume 3 made me tear up quite a bit as well. So... Yeah. Don't skip it. If you have not seen it, definitely go check out that Christmas special.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to do a a double bill of that in Quantumania before I finally go see three.
1: Yeah, and I think... um, Well, you definitely don't have to see Quantumania prior to Volume 3 of Guardians.
0: Oh, okay. They don't really tie in. Hmm. No.
1: Did you see the third Thor? Or fourth, I mean?
0: Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah, I did. Uh...
1: Okay. Well, I would watch it just for a tiny bit of continuity um with the guardians characters but no quantum mania has apps virtually zero connection at all like it's neither here nor there
0: okay yeah just uh oh i guess actually you said you haven't seen all of quantum mania so i was gonna ask you which one you thought was worse that or thor 4 but
1: (laughs) um i would say quantum if i i think
0: oh wow that's a big drop because yeah that fourth one wow that was i never liked any of the thor movies that was another reason why like When I saw that, I was like, okay, this MCU feels like it's going down the wrong path with the first Thor. And then with the first Avenger, I was like, okay, I'm out. But yeah, that's that's the one avenue of the MCU that I feel like they've just just gotten so wrong that it's like a betrayal to the character.
1: Thor, uh, the thing about Thor, and it's not something I noticed, but it's something I've seen repeated on different um, movie reaction channels or or movie breakdown channels, which is with certain MCU characters over the course of several movies, especially like Tony Stark is a perfect example of someone who has like a really impressive and interesting arc going along mm-hmm. his multiple appearances of development as a character. Whereas Thor has been abused in terms of character development because, you know, he started off here and then he kind of grew to this point at the end of the first movie, second movie, but then. Especially with three and four, it's it's almost as if Thor hits like weird amnesia or something hmm. and like forgets the development that he's done and he has like a refresh, but like multiple times over. yeah so it, there's like something wrong with him um, as a person or a character because whether it's deliberate or not, he just keeps getting reset. And how can you possibly get to another level with a character if you're constantly resetting him? He's like three um, po getting his mind wiped over and over.
0: Yeah, it's such a shame.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I will give it that. Yeah. Without getting too much into Quantumania again, but one major thing it suffers from before you even get to story or happenings is just it feels like it's from the producers visually of attack of the clones oh no it's like or or spy kids 3d oh that's it oh wow! it's like let's take our four principal human characters and put them in this cgi dreamland for two hours oh. that that's that I are mean, how can you how can you overcome that and that's yeah so there you go in a nutshell it's one of the worst things about quantum mania
0: and i did get that from the trailers it was yeah i was not enthused at all looking at those trailers i was like oh wow this looks like a cartoon show
1: yes yes and that doesn't on its and that's the thing and that's the thing i was worried about with guardians 3 because obviously if you've seen the first two it obviously the the guardians universe relies on cgi obviously mhm but you know i say this about like the newer star wars movies <laughs> Put aside how you feel about the actual story or happenings in those films, but the 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 effects are still quite impeccable throughout um, the sequel Star Wars movies, um, regardless of what you yep. think of the actual story being told. And and Guardians four, I'm sorry, three. Even though there has to be a lot of CGI, it's just of better quality compared to the other MCU movies. Hmm. It's it's just it does. It does not distract. And I was a little curious. I said, like, I, I watched um, Volume 1 on 4K the other day. It holds up. That movie came out in 2014. Why does it hold up visually when all these other Marvel movies of the last five years, most of them look horrible in terms of CG? Is it just because, as people say, like, they're they're pushing the animators too hard in a short period of time? That they just... yep. It, it's gross the newer cg um guardians look so much more believable than say both wakanda movies in terms of cgi
0: i uh i heard that COVID actually plays a role in this as well that things had to be productions had to be pushed back but disney didn't change their deadlines when they wanted them released and so yeah they just had to Basically force them out. Just as whatever we can get in that time that we need to make the release date, that's what we're stuck with. So maybe they finally got out of that cycle. Maybe Guardians Three is one of the ones not affected. But
1: so so yeah, I went in. I went in worried for like shoddy modern MCU CGI work. Nope, they passed the test. It is not a distraction, as it is in other recent Marvel movies.
0: That's good. Yeah, so no. Nope. Yeah, that was that was getting brutal.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree,
0: I agree. And I still remember seeing that that last uh, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. I was going from being amazed by the special effects in the theater and then just laughing at the the bad dialogue and confusing plot (laughs) and then being amazed again by the special effects. Very strange.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Man, I can't tell you the thrill... Um of watching first-time reactors, like, to the Star Wars stuff, like, who have literally never seen a Star Wars movie in their entire life, and then watching them for the first time. And something I've noticed, like, like, I, I love hearing those types of people, like, really rave about, because, like, they all watched, like, the original uh, episode four, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's really good. I guess like, it's cutting edge for the time. But it, it wasn't, like, it completely sucked them in or, you know, like that. And it's a real basic story at the end of it, which I completely get because I've kind of always felt the same way about it. But -hmm. then when they get to empire, they go, Oh shit. Like what is happening? Like, like everything is just stepped up, you know, visually and, and everything. Um, and then pretty much everyone finds return of the Jedi is a really good, you know, end to the trilogy. And the other thing I've noticed with the prequels is, um, these first timers generally they find Sith as a very strong movie. Um, And so all this makes me happy when I watch these first time reactions.
0: (laughs) That's because it takes a few (laughs) viewings to realize how bad it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I find it refreshing. I find it very refreshing. The only problem is, and I don't get how striking down works by the studios on YouTube because you can find tons of reactions on the OG trilogy or the prequels but very few reactions on the sequels and at first i thought it was weird like were they just avoiding them or not interested but i don't think that's the case for whatever reason disney comes down hard on striking down um sequel reactions um and so i guess a lot of reactors they just give up because you know they have to like try to edit it and resubmit it over and over you know, by like yeah. masking the imagery or flipping it backwards or changing the color timing and I guess it's just too much work for the sequels because they get struck down so easily. So you can hardly find reactions. But see I don't get it. Because first of all, why did they not give as much of a shit for the originals? Is it just because they're not Disney? They're Lucas. But then secondly, like this just draws more people it just draws more people into the tent. Like, when people... Like, it's free advertisement is what I'm saying. Like, when you have these reactions out there on on YouTube, why are you zapping them all out of existence? You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, So, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know why Disney does that. Because I would would be watching hundreds of them if they existed on YouTube, but you can't find them because they just... Those get struck down in particular. So, so many watchers—they'll go through all the Disney movies, um, um, but they won't do the sequels, the sequel trilogy. Because, but
0: can they can they do Rogue One and Solo as well? Yeah, or are those.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen a fair amount. I don't know if they're as interested um, to even go there because yeah. they're not mainline. But I've definitely watched more of those than I've seen um, the sequel trilogy in particular.
0: Yeah, makes makes me wonder if they're uh, since they have that new one coming out with Ray, maybe they're like, let's protect this franchise and let's try to cut away as many bad reviews as we can just to keep this thing looking like it's good.
1: <laughs> it's so dumb though, and and people will like them. I mean, generally, reactors don't watch movies and go, "Oh, this is shit." This is, fu-. they don't do like the the um, red letter media. They usually go in fresh eyes and you know just say it as it is.
0: Now wait is, are these like commentaries when they're watching it in real time? Enough? Yeah, live,
1: live first reaction. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Because they can't even really—I mean, something like the sequels. I feel like you need to get some distance from it before you can really have your full thoughts. I feel like that's with every movie.
1: Oh well, yeah, it's kind of every. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these aren't full thought videos. They're literal live reactions, mm. and but yeah, Disney strikes them down for some reason. Um, yeah, and and they do things like that, like with. Movies like Encanto and... they um, oh, weird. I mean, they're still out there, though. There are reactions. But I'm, but still, yeah, Disney's just overly protective um, over certain things like that. Uh, it's just weird and annoying because I watch all these reactors and I'll watch all their Star Wars reactions, but then they just don't exist for the sequels. And it, it bothers me because I've seen them react to the original stuff. I want to see if it carries over, but I can't see because they, <laughs> they won't let it be.
0: Yeah, and I am curious because I feel like I see more people crawling out of the woodworks to say that they like Last Jedi more than they used to. I've seen a lot of people lately revisiting it, and I'm always like, huh, "Like that's I just don't get it." But but okay.
1: I mean, I try, I try because, like like someone who's who's suffered like severe head trauma, like my brain is trying to repair itself, like trying to rewrite history to somehow make it more palp- palpable. And so you know, I'll give it a rewatch every year or so. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just those bits i uh, talked about it. It's just those major bits I can't get over. Like literally, just edit those bits out, and I can just kind of go along with the rest of the movie. It's just those those certain bits. Oh my god! So people were have been saying for a long time now that the um Ryan Ryan Johnson or whatever. <laughs> That it, like it's practically dead at this point. I mean, they've been saying that for like two years now. Yeah. But it just popped up that Candy must have said something in a recent interview that it's not over and done with. I, I I just can't. I just can't.
0: Well, if it's his own series that he can write, you know, start to finish, maybe he could do something interesting with it. I I think it was just his element of like I'm just going to throw away everything that happened before and just pave my new path that's what really didn't work in the uh well i think most of the stupid humor too is was, was just god awful but that's i feel like that's my own thing
1: no no i fucking hate it too and many others do on youtube but um but still you have no idea how much i detest that woman being the executive in charge of all that stuff star wars stuff. You have, you, yeah
0: i don't understand it I, yeah i don't i don't get you it
1: no, you have no idea
0: I mean, she's doing. She's been doing good work with the TV stuff. She, I mean, I think that that's all been working out okay.
1: Mixed bag, mixed bag, and 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 the only reason there's the good stuff is because she was gifted some talented people who made the good stuff. Gifted? I
0: mean, she was the one choosing the producers.
1: <laughs> I mean, that gifted me, what? Me, me, me. Filoni was already established, and and Favreau just added that mix in a positive way, and then. And then Gilroy Is just fucking luck of the fucking draw That he ever got involved With Star Wars in the first place
0: Yeah Complete luck of the draw I mean that, that show has apparently been well received as well I've been watching It's it, yeah.
1: interesting but it's not something to hold up the franchise I I did just start watching season 2 Last night um, I only saw the first two They weren't my favorite Shall we say but I think I have like 10 more to watch or something. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't fully hold the sequels against her. I mean, again, Disney played their role too. Everyone, everyone just blames it all on her and they just completely ignore the restraints that Disney put her under. Oh. Just like, oh, they gave her this, they forced this timeline and then they had to rush the movies into production and didn't have a full plan. Oh, it must be all her fault.
1: Uh, Disney's also at fault. Ain't no doubt about it.
0: She even asked for more time repeatedly, and they just refused. They're like, nope, stick to the deadline. Same with Marvel. Same issue. I, I swear, they, they don't care about... And look at these crappy these crappy little remakes that they keep making of their animated stuff. I, they they don't care about art. They just have a timeline of products.
1: It's got to be out of this
0: deadline. Who cares what it looks like?
1: The thing about Kennedy, it seems like she's one of the core people who has any say in, in Disney Lucasfilm. She seems one of the core people who was really behind either outright deleting legacy characters from the films or very much wanting to get them out of the picture. And that definitely seems like that's part of her legacy. I don't know if anyone put that in her head, but it, she's definitely like the face of that. And that is definitely something uh, obviously a lot of fans are are not happy about.
0: But uh, how so? I mean... What do you mean? Are you talking about just in the sequel trilogy? Because they've been, they've continued to use these legacy characters over and over. I mean, uh, Solo, this is the movie that she greenlit, she was planning to do a whole bunch of prequels, all focused on legacy, all, all focused on the original characters. That was her one of her brainchilds.
1: We will never get to know uh, about where that would have went. I wish we would though, because I definitely want that. Um,
0: we know all the plans that she had. They just fell apart because. Audiences uh, rejecting them
1: and you know it was difficult for me initially when i first saw that movie but as time has gone on i still think what's his name the actor who plays young solo yeah the more time goes by and the more i rewatch that movie i think he's fucking amazing i
0: agree yeah
1: <laughs> he's he's like there's subtle things that he does that i didn't notice initially that that make him seem so young harrison ford he's so good He's so I wish that guy was in more movies.
0: Yeah, I'm pumped to talk about it. Yeah, that, I think there's a lot of really strong stuff in that movie.
1: Did you watch that movie, The Coen Brothers? Is it Hail Caesar?
0: Yep, I did see that. And that's that's why I was excited for Solo 2, because I was like, okay, at least I know they got a good a good actor to play this part.
1: That movie was a bomb, right? But I think that movie is incredibly interesting and underrated. And even though he plays sort of a goofy character, mm-hmm. he's really good at it.
0: Yeah. yeah, he was one of the best parts of that movie, I thought. I didn't lo- like it as much as you did. I thought it was m- more mid-tier Coen Brothers stuff. But
1: I thought it was interesting, just on how how it was really like it was like interesting criticism of of uh, old Hollywood um, or what was the Golden Age of Hollywood, so called. Um, I just thought it was such an interesting critique on that. That kind of flies over most people's heads, especially normies if they're watching that movie, hm. like. I don't know, it was almost like Bo Berman-esque in in terms of social commentary. How you just think you're watching something silly, but it's really saying a lot more appears at first.
0: Yeah, and that that was the stuff I liked in that movie. It was more the the comedy. I thought that they went way over the top with some of that stuff. Like, wasn't there that whole bit where, like, uh, Scott Johansson was just, like, really gassy for, like, a whole scene? I was just like, oh, wow. Like That was, like, her introduction scene. I was like, what is this character going to be? Just like a fart machine.
1: Have you seen these um, these AI assist uh, these fake movie trailers that used AI but not but AR was just part of it like it isn't only AI produced Um, Hmm. these these Wes Anderson inspired trailers for Star Wars and Lord of the Rings that are making the rounds like on TikTok and social media?
0: No, I haven't seen anything about them.
1: Uh, I'll I'll send you a link at some later Hmm. time. They used AI to generate some images. You know, like Star Wars by Wes Anderson or Lord of the Rings by Wes Anderson, and then they used other post-processing techniques to like mildly animate the AI and stuff. And it's really well done. It's really well Mm. done. It's subtle. It's really well done, but it's it's really good. And they (laughs) real they really get the tone for that Wes Anderson aesthetic. Uh, Whoever it's a particular person who produced these. And it's it's really good.
0: Um, yeah, I remember seeing all the images, those AI generated images. Yeah,
1: and the images are some of that stuff was really cool. Some of them are great, some of them are hit or miss. But yeah, the way this person added subtle animation to these types of images, it makes it so believable. Like you could just imagine. And yeah, I am looking forward to um, Asteroid City or whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I've, I keep forgetting that's coming out this year. I keep thinking it's next year, but. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, just like, just, just like in the, like what, five or six weeks or something? Maybe less?
0: Wow, is it really that soon? I haven't seen a single ad for it in the theater. Hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know if I've seen a theater, but I've definitely seen it other places, like Facebook and stuff. And I, th- I want to say it's like June 11th or something, when it comes out.
0: Wow, that's, that's crazy. I go to the movie theater every week, and I've not seen a single ad for it. Hmm. I
1: think you have to watch like an indie movie, and then it'll be attached... As a trailer for that, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, I've seen a couple indie ones. Maybe, maybe it just has to be whatever studio's putting it out here in Canada. That's what they usually have. The yeah.
1: But I'll be there probably opening day.
0: Oh, I don't know if you would. I don't know if you heard about this movie. Have you seen any ads or heard any reviews for How to Blow Up a Pipeline?
1: I've heard about it. It did not sound like something I wanted to see, but I definitely read some articles about it.
0: Oh, why not see it? Just out of curiosity.
1: <laughs> um. The articles I read were certainly biased. Oh boy! <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just being upfront. They were certainly biased, coming from a biased point of view. And speaking of propaganda, they made they definitely made the film sound like propaganda. Why have you seen it?
0: Yes, and it is it's it's fascinating. I've never seen a movie so pro eco terrorism.
1: What is it called again?
0: Uh, How to blow up a pipeline. It's a really cool movie. But it is pretty shocking that at the end they display like an actual like terrorist video, it seems like. It's shot just like one. Except it's positive. It's like, yes, do what we're telling you to do. <laughs> this is the way to get change. The really crazy stuff, but a cool movie.
1: Oh, but now you just reminded me of Andor. And, uh... Fuck, I watched that whole series last week. <laughs> still amazing. still Still fucking amazing for all the reasons, and and I'm starting to understand more, like how people say it does not feel like Star Wars. Yeah, it doesn't it feel like something better, <laughs> something better, yes. more mature. Star
0: Wars has never been that great. <laughs>
1: oh, it was that great. It's just this is different. Certainly different.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple moments have been great. A cup like two movies out of how many have we gotten? There's been so much Star Wars is tipped over with terrible stuff.
1: I would say I would say three movie three great movies except one of the three is very different from the other two and and great in a different way than the other two. I still maintain that in a vacuum the Force Awakens is a highly entertaining movie. Now, is it is it like high drama or anything like that? Not not necessarily no. But I just entertaining. Fuck yeah, it's entertaining. Really fucking
0: entertaining. Uh, yeah, I've always been in a slightly different camp. I was always in a camp of like, this is a great start for something that needs to be better, or else this movie's gonna just be forgettable. And I think now it's just become forgettable to me. But I don't know. It's
1: become forgettable because of the bad sequels to it, but I can still watch it and separate it from those two horrible sequels and still find it really, really quite good. Mm-hmm. Very- quite quite good
0: and i'll be curious to see it again because i do remember the last time i watched it being like oh it all just feels like setup that leads to nothing like there's not enough in this movie it's so much of it feels like it's just retreading that there's not enough for it to stand its own all the good stuff is a setup and the setup goes nowhere so
1: and i don't know what my deal is that everything about me should should hate ray um but just like uh the previously i mentioned. uh, christian stewart i have this crazy affinity for daisy ridley and ray even in the bad movies um, even though the character goes a weird way i i can't help it i'm a chill for ray as an individual i, I cannot help it hmm. and, and it seems weird because everyone else who hates the sequels hates her as well and i weirdly hate the sequels but but still love her, and I I love her even despite all her Mary Sue ness, which is which is true. I still love her, and so yeah, it goes against it goes against my principles. <laughs> principles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever we have the whole woke conversation and uh, you know, certain things are woke and certain things aren't, me being a fan of Ray individually goes against all that. But but it still is what it is.
0: She'll always still be better than a messiah that was born of a virgin birth, that suddenly becomes the villain because that's what the script tells him to do. I still think she's a better character than Anakin in the prequels, written-wise. At least she wasn't a virgin birth.
1: <laughs> she's she's written better, but...
0: And no one's complaining, oh, woke Anakin, you know? it's, it's Oh, it's all the Mary Sue, that's the problem. It's not this fucking messiah... Oh, jeez. Yeah, woke is the problem there, not the... Ah, whatever. Mm
1: hmm, mm hmm. (laughs) Yep.
0: Guardians Volume 3. Ah, I'm definitely positive on it. I think it was the best of the recent slate of the MCU. I don't know if this is part of Phase 4, if Phase 4 is over.
1: Uh, It's 5. Quantumania was the official beginning of uh, Phase 5. Oh, wow. Hmm. So, this is the second movie in Phase 5 so-called
0: well having only seen one of phase five so far yeah this is the best one
1: <laughs> and of course uh, quantum a is on disney now on streaming yeah disney plus yeah and i'll
0: i'll try to squeeze in a viewing sometime soon
1: <laughs> oh yeah i'm just saying if you want there's just in really no hurry for that <laughs> i think it's a pretty satisfying
0: end i like the the villain i like the more focused lens for rocket i think all that stuff was was pretty well done and i think they balanced out the humor a little bit better than the, the last two, for uh, the Guardians movies. I never quite felt like they got the balance right until this one, so so that's good.
1: Oh yeah, I I watched part one a day or two after I saw three, because I was wondering how we compare having seen three. Like, would it still live up? And for me personally, it 100% lived up. Um, it, it was still as good as ever, even though it is more funny. But it's not, even though. I said it before, even though it garnered in, like, many more MCU movies to follow, that type of humor and sensibility. Um, even though it garnered that in, at least to my memory, it didn't seem, like, shockingly over-funny. You know what I mean? Like, in other words, like, if you compare, like, the most most recent Thor movie to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, there's definitely like a contrast, like like it's even more, it's it's so much more over the top in the, in the recent Thor movie than compared to the original Guardians movie. It's just the original Guardians movie was the only one like that, except for the Avengers as well, the original yeah. Avengers movie. So maybe it was just so, I, I, I guess it was so shocking at the time because it was breaking the mold for the MCU. But when you watch it now, it, it's almost um, passe. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Mm.
0: Yeah, and there's just something about just the the fact to see James Gunn go this far. Like, he he's had this whole trilogy, these, these sci-fi hit superhero movies. He's taking over the DC stuff. But yet his trademarks are still there. He still has Lloyd Kaufman, the founder of Troma. Still doing a little cameo in there. Yeah. Still gives Nathan Fillion a little cameo as well. I just think that's really charming that he's held true to himself all these years.
1: Yeah, I didn't know they had worked together b- before until I was looking into the movie after the fact. I'm talking about Fillion. Mm. Um, because I was like, why is he here? It's, it's a little bit random. At least it seemed to me because I didn't know the connection. Um, I, f- I always forget. Did you watch the Peacemaker series on HBO? Yeah. yeah, Because oh, yeah, it took me a while. To, I was like, the guy who played the villain, and I was like, where do I know this guy from? Like, it's, it's on the tip of my brain, but I couldn't figure it out. Of course it was from that show
0: oh oh the villain for uh the guardians 3 oh okay yes
1: yes i was like where's this guy from and it yeah. wasn't until after i realized he was from peacemaker and the woman who is his wife james gunn mm-hmm. i didn't know that was his wife no oh. um i didn't know who his wife was or um i watched peacemaker and i had no idea that was his wife and she had a little cameo bit part in guardians as well yeah
0: which i didn't mind seeing her there yeah that was nice
1: i didn't recognize her i had to i found out after <laughs> as well
0: and squeezed in uh michael rooker again from uh slither as well and it's 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 just funny because he's just one of those those random people who i never thought would blow up just being a fan of his random horror stuff and then here he is just uh, a top of the superhero world so that's yeah yeah it's just interesting to see
1: <laughs> there was a great headline. I didn't even read the article, but the headline was something like, um, James Gunn saves Marvel and DC in the same year.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Interesting. This is a great, great headline.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there is a part of me that's, that's sad that he, maybe he won't ever return to those more, uh, darker roots that he used to have. Cause I think he worked really well in that mode, but, but for what he's doing now, I, I think he's doing a lot of good stuff. And Peacemaker and and the Suicide Squad, I think, is some of the best stuff he's done so far. And both those have their darker edge.
1: And in a weird way... I mean, he's obviously very successful. Like, in recent projects, nothing's really tanked or or done bad. But in a weird way... Because what I said last time was... I love how... Like, it's just... It's just like a well-constructed movie. In terms of story, character arcs, you know certain beats, you know, it just just hits all the bases, checks all the boxes. But it's weird because I don't know if that actually makes you brilliant or a genius. That just means you're competent. You know what I mean? It's just, the bar has been set so low by so many movies that are incoherent Hmm. um, that if you just simply make a coherent movie, it makes it good by default. I had the same argument years ago on the the D, uh, what do they call the DC Universe, Movie Universe? DCEU? I think, is that, or no, that's the animated.
0: Oh, that's it. Yeah, it's DCAU. DC. For the animated.
1: Oh, okay. Well, there's two different acronyms for the animated one for like the original animated movies, and then the other for the more recent animated movies post 2013. Yeah. So there's like two different acronyms for that. And then there's the movie. Anyway, the movie universe, when Wonder Woman, the first one came out, I was like, this is, you know, you know, this is so much better than the recent um, Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman. But I was like, the only reason it's, it's like, good is because I actually, like, understand what is happening. Like, Like, there's some sort of logical sense to the story and where the characters are going. And just for that, it makes it, like, the best DC movie of, like, the last three or whatever. Just, but not because, I don't know if the, again, I don't know that it was great. No. It's just, it was, it was comprehensible. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, the previous two movies, maybe the previous three movies were just completely incomprehensible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that definitely boosted that movie.
1: Yeah. Were you saying that boosted
0: Guardians 3, or?
1: Or just James Gunn's abilities. Because, like I said, he just, he he covers all the bases of basic movie making, but they should all be doing that, but they don't. I mean, the different makers of different superhero movies, I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense at all. The, how many mediocre ones there have been recently? Or...
0: Well, how many mediocre films are there just in general? I mean, if you look at the the vast pantheon of superhero movies at this point, the majority of them are bad still. I mean, there's... Before the MCU, there was a a series of just terrible ones. Post the MCU, there's been a lot of mediocre stuff. I think it's just a hard balance to get right on film, just in general.
1: Mm -mm -mm. Um, But I haven't been watching a lot of films lately, or like since last time we spoke. And I haven't seen any movies that are new to me. Like they've all been rewatches of stuff I've already seen a million times. And that's because of that damn Zelda game, man. It came out 10 days ago now and i have been hopelessly obsessed with it mm. like just ah uh, just like i was with the first one when i first started playing i mean the a uh, breath of the wild uh, when i first started playing that game i got hopelessly absorbed into it and and the second game is is even better it's even that much more than the, the first one it's just completely insane and i haven't wanted to do anything else for the last 10 days not even yeah. work or drive or anything. I just want to be on the Switch playing that game. That's it. And it's, it's just completely taken over my life. This will probably last for a month huh. and, until I get over it. I, I just don't want to do anything else. And I'll play until I pass out. And then as soon as I wake up, I want to turn it on again.
0: Yeah, that's a great and terrible feeling at the same time. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful to be so immersed in something, but yeah, sometimes it just takes over. So good. I wish I could get that with with games more often. I feel like that's very rare for me these days.
1: Oh, me as well. I mean, this happens like less than once every five years. I mean, when I get this absorbed, it's just utterly fantastic. (laughs) It is so good. God, it'd be my dream for them to make a movie like they did with the Mario stuff, but based on this Zelda stuff... I would love it 10 times more than the Mario movie if, if, if they made it right.